Welcome to the Barely Coherent Podcast. For our first go-around, I'm your host, Christian Raider, also known as Grizzy B. And joining me, hopefully, as always, is the always stunning but never stunned Billy Weisinger. Mm, that is me. Thanks for the intro. Uh, I think that's the first time I've ever been introduced, so it's exciting. Um, I'm Billy, and I am one of your three main hosts here on Barely Coherent. Um, looking forward to talking about a bunch of shit with you guys. Dan. Oh, you're not going to introduce me the way Chris introduced you. I don't have an intro for you. <laughs> I was really good. I was really open. Next time I'm going second because that was a great intro. I need like, intro music now. Hold on. There we go. I'm just All right. Coming in hot. I don't think you can use that. It won't be copyrighted. Uh, probably, probably copyrighted. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, edit so it out. We, um, Dan or Danny B, um, the third and uh, most magnanimous host of the three. And I am also excited to finally so be doing this. And it's been like, what, like a year we've been talking about this? So to finally get it knocked out, man, it's really exciting. So, yep. Yes, absolutely. After all the hard work and, and tribulations, we. We're finally getting the first episode off the ground. What I want to know is, can you spell magnanimous? Mm-hmm. You can. But I think I'm excited for looking back on this episode. Hopefully we, did, we stick with it for a while. We look back on this and we're like, God, this was terrible. You know? <laughs> like When we like work out all the kinks, we're like, man, we fucking we sucked. But you know, I don't, I don't even have a, a recording right now. It was just me. It's just a blank screen with a pulsating symbol so it's <laughs> <laughs> very appropriate i guess yeah. all right well but we want to roll into uh, our general setup right now for uh those new listeners which is every listener in the moment uh <laughs> we're gonna roll into a couple main topics here like social media listening? yeah social media what is that uh Followed by a coming to a town near you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, kind of followed by a, oh, easier than you think, forging metal. Uh, <laughs> uh, and to top it all off, we'll roll through some feel, some feel good moments, and uh, you know, some funny posts that we saw since that seems to be really popular these days. Uh, just three people talking about a funny video that you won't watch. All right. <laughs> did you did you write a script? I feel wholly unprepared. I did not write a script. That was all. <laughs> that was all off the top of my head. Oh man, dude, this is your calling. Yeah, dude, this is this is it, my guy. Yeah. Wait, you should quit your job. Yeah, I'll be your I'll be your color guy. Uh, funny Excuse you. Me? Funny. Tell me. It's funny you mentioned that. Uh, I am in the process of quitting my job, but I have to wait till July 4th, 3rd of 2024 because the military is not super stoked about you just stopping and showing up one day. Yeah, there's a word for that. Rolling into our first main topic, uh, social media has been in the news a lot lately, typically due to various billionaires attempting to purchase uh, different, you know, semi-popular, somewhat failing social media websites. I would say... Twitter is probably more than semi-popular. 
Uh, yeah. So recently, <laughs> Elon Musk has proposed to purchase the Twitter for forty-four billion dollars. Um, although lot. there has been, you realize yeah. how absurd it's a lot of money. The the amount of money is forty-four billion dollars. Like. I will never see $44 billion in my life. You will never see $44 million. Okay. Yeah, probably. Uh, no. Over the course of my life, I've probably spent uh, a cool $15 million. Oh. Think about all the coffees that I've bought if I had just not bought coffee. All the avocado toast. <laughs> I hate when people say that. So you got you to gotta hustle out here. Every penny counts. Uh, I mean... Just the Netflix, the Netflix description alone. Well, well, okay. To be fair, that's bordering on, you know, it's like eighteen bucks now. Fifty dollars. Absurd. So we're talking about. So I, I love that Elon came out of left field. Was like, yep, I'm buying Twitter because I feel like it caught the people at Twitter off guard because they weren't ready for that. They were like, uh, okay, we're still suing you. And he's like, wait, if you're suing me, then I can't buy it because I'm not using my own my own money. I'm using other people's money. And if you sue me, I'm going to lose their money. So what do you guys want? And they're like, shit, just got us there. Yeah. Well, what they sued him for was to lock him into the initial purchase price that he had agreed upon in the contract, which was right. he couldn't stall and then say, hey, your stock price is actually this now. So I want to pay you know, uh, X amount of dollars less per, per share. Uh, they were suing him to basically say, we have a signed contract that says you're going to purchase us for $44 billion. It doesn't matter where our stock price is at. You know, two months later, you have to buy us at $44 billion. Right. And his rebuttal for that was that uh, the number of bots uh, on Twitter uh, is estimated significantly higher than what Twitter is actually saying, right? Yeah, they're saying like it's less than five percent. He's saying it's much higher than that. Right. And can you explain why that would be uh, an issue for him uh, making a purchase like this? Well, yeah, because the value is directly correlated, right, to the, how many people are signed up for the service and are actively using the service. Mm-hmm. If it's not just how many people are signed up, like people are are, are active, are right. gives gives it far greater weight. But if the people that are active aren't actually people, they're just replications of some, I don't know, algorithm or some some computer code, then um, it's a direct correlation to how much it's actually worth. Right, like yeah. hot singles want to meet you in your area, right? Which, you which is true. <laughs> I, uh, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't my, know. Yeah, my life experience says, <laughs> my life experience says otherwise. Uh, Dude, what? that's not true. That's not true. I, I honestly, <laughs> um, I've been out so many times, and I don't think I've ever had just like a random person go to a friend of mine and been like, hey, your friend's cute. About, about me but it happened for me to you you know so i mean, yeah, I mean imagine my dismay <laughs> it can be very jarring the first time you're out with uh the grizz and uh someone walks up and says uh oh, you know i i think your friend's really attractive and i i'm a little intimidated and um <laughs> do you think you could introduce us i mean it happens all the time you know and, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. you know, is a, is a lazy. He's a ladies' man. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, really? So many great just... qualities. Do you think uh, so? So earlier, I told you guys this earlier off, off camera, but like, do you guys think that there's any 
uh, credence to my theory that Elon is in fact going through with the purchase so that he could turn around later and sue them once he has definitive proof because he has the keys to the castle, obviously, that there are way more bots. Uh, I think if that is his plan, uh, that that was plan like D. <laughs> e. Yeah, he's like, uh, yeah. yeah. He's like, I think I think his initial plan was to come in, uh, say he was going to buy it for forty four billion, and then pull some shenanigans like claiming there's more bots or thing that's going to back out to let the stock price drop and hope that. Uh, the Twitter execs were so desperate to get that buyout that they would agree to new terms under a new a new price right. per share. And when that didn't work out and they were trying to enforce that contract, uh, then yeah, I, I think the reason why he's signaled recently, recently meaning today, that he's gonna go through with the purchase is like you're saying in hopes that he can see, oh, the bot, I was right, the bot count is way higher and then attempt to counter sue for, um, kind of a the, breach of contract yeah right. it's kind of like right. a breach of contract situation so like you guys think, didn't hold up your end of the bargain for this deal yeah i think i'm sure i'm sure there's validity in 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 that theory right because you you and i and uh grizz are sitting here and we're just talking about it right why would that thought not have crossed elon's mind at some point Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that uh, the plausibility well, of it is there, 100. percent It brings um, it brings another question that I, I pose to you guys. So, okay. Um, right after, so the preface of this question is this: is right after Elon announced he was going to buy it, well, really within weeks, not just Twitter, but the whole stock market started to go down. Right, and this was very predictable. If you look back over um, how high the stock market's been going, and mm -hmm. at the impending recession that like the media has been pounding the drum of it's not it was very predictable that the stock market was going to take a hit and within weeks of him announcing that predictably the stock market went down right and so i wonder if he was like shit i cost myself a ton of money just by being a little too um quick to pull the trigger on that which i guess right. and this is where the question comes from do you think he's consulting with anybody because like i felt like it was I a very know, obvious man. thing that like the That's market a... was going to go down why would you buy at the uh, top of the market i think that he so I, I feel like in the past, hold on, and I'll let you, I'll let you talk in a second, Chris, but I think that um, he feels that he has the ability to manipulate the market, uh, especially after, you know, I mean, with the, the whole, the Dogecoin era, right? Um, I, I can't, I can't imagine that he does not feel like he has some power. Uh, over the market, and he does, you know, realistically being the richest, one of the richest men in the world, right? Um, but I think that he bit off a little more than he could chew, and I, I, it feels like maybe he didn't consult with anyone, or that he got bad advice. Uh, um, um, so what I was going to bring up is, in an unrelated court case, a bunch of text messages, or it might have been related to the Twitter court case, but a bunch of text messages came out between him and a bunch of other like higher up people in the, the tech world for invest that were uh, planning on investing in them. Uh, and it seemed like there wasn't a lot of consultation. It was a lot of people hearing that he was thinking about buying Twitter and jumping on board to throw money at him. And I think when that happened, he was like, sweet, I've managed to get the capital from all these people just hearing about me saying it. Let me jump on it before they back out. Now it's harder for me to get the you know capital to buy to buy Twitter. 
Um, I think he he was. I think his game plan was is that he was going to get the price to drop, and that Twitter was going to be so desperate for the buyout um, that yeah. he was going to be able to purchase it, and then the stock would come back up, but the whole stock market hit that downturn. Yeah. Um, so I think he was willing to take that gamble to get them because. Uh, you know, knowing that Twitter was probably also looking to hopefully sell before the stock market took a drop. Right. So it's like, uh, like I think it was I think a, a calculated that... risk. But man, am I bad at math? You yeah, know? I think I think it was that type of situation where it's like, if it would have worked out the way this thing was going to work out, it would have been we would have been talking about how genius this deal was. You know, years, you know, ten years, twenty years from now, but. Uh, right, it's just one of those. Unfortunately, things. you know, other bunch of other factors. Unfortunately for him, a bunch of other factors came to play. It still might work out for him. Uh, right. But as, the other thing I wanted to add on to the whole bot conversation and why that could be a particular issue mm-hmm. uh, is that um, a lot of the revenue, almost all the revenue from social media sites, because you know they're all free is off of ad revenue and so you convince ad companies to sell their ads on your spaces hey look at all the interactions that happen look at all the clicks that we get for pe- from our site for people clicking on ads so if you have a high bot percentage that means you're not getting a lot of ad clicks so i don't right. care about how many users it looks like you have i care about how many uh you know actual active participating human beings are going to click on my ads and buy stuff right and, and um, that makes sense because they used an example of that. Um, there was a person who made a, who tweeted something, and they had like 1.3 million followers. Mm-hmm. And like six hours went by, and it had like 17 likes. And someone was like, "Look, even if only 10% of your followers thought it was a good tweet, right? We're like, we're talking like a significant. Obviously, like 17 is basically a, a um, inconsequential number you know it's like right. you're not even close nothing to that, right that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's drops in a bucket right so you're saying is like that not you're not even getting less than one percent half of half of one percent right like so there's that's not that's not true there's no way that your all those followers are real it just you know just doesn't make sense i mean you but like <laughs> based on probability alone uh there would be people that would um like and share that um just based on who it is who 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 wrote right. it um, right. Even if they if they don't agree with it, or uh, I mean, it, it's it doesn't make sense that if you have 1.3 million followers or however many you know followers and 17 people like that, it's I mean that says to me who is not an expert on social media, you know, yeah, uh, that so you, the math is not. Mathing. Mathing, mathing. The mathing, mathing. I, I do think that there's it's going to be interesting how it plays out. And I don't think, I don't even know if it's actually beneficial to for Elon to air out that Twitter's so faulty if he doesn't have a, a game plan to fix it right away. Because if he comes out day one, like saying mm-hmm. he gets the keys to the castle and he says, hey, everybody, there's a shit ton of bots and Twitter's actually worth less than half of what I bought it for. Well, I mean, that's not really good for him, right? The thing, the thing you owe now, which costs you a ton of money, costs your all the investors' money. Of people, all those, all those people, are like, well, wait a minute. I mean, there goes my investment now. What, what are we going to do about this, right? So, I do think that if he doesn't have a 
a orchestrated game plan, which I don't think he does because this whole thing's been kind of a shit show. Mm-hmm. Um, even him suing might uh, might not be good for him. So I I kind of I kind of look at this as actually I'm a as you I told you before I'm an Elon Musk fanboy, but I look at this as like a really one of his first huge black eyes. Um, he's 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 missed on some promises in the past, and he's done things that were like he's made a lot of questionable comments, and he makes a lot of, says a lot of things on Twitter that are just silly. Um, but overall, like he's made a lot of really good business decisions. Obviously, he's the richest man in the world. But this one was really confusing to me, and I don't, and I still can't wrap my head around what his end goal is. I think that, um, I mean, the I think the distinct possibility is there that that you are giving him a, a lot of credit in saying that he had, you know, a plan or a backup plan or this elaborate plan. I mean, should I not give him credit? Do you, do you not feel he's earned some level of like? I mean, sure, but smart people do stupid shit all the time. Yeah, I mean, but he's 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 particularly smart though. You know, I mean, so this is, this seems I like particularly he's, stupid. He's not. He's not. Is he the smartest person in the world? I guess is the you know like. Has if he, dollars were a relative of that number, then yes, but obviously. Yeah, you know. but the, but they're not right, and so, like I said, I mean, smart people do dumb shit all the time. The the problem, I think, or what's highlighted with Elon is how involved he already is in like the, uh, the social media aspect mm-hmm. and how visible he is with a lot of the things that he does, uh, where a lot of businessmen would have a bad deal and it wouldn't really be big news if you're not paying attention to like very Bloomberg true. financial, uh, very Elon very much puts himself front and center in the public's eye. So if, when he does make a bad business move, it's out there for us all to see. Uh, and I think it's more of an insight into how some of a lot of these business deals go bad with a lot of these dudes that have been very successful in the past. We just don't normally hear about it because right. they're not super public about it. And I think it's one of the rare instances where we're dealing with somebody who is very public about it. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of seeing the egg on his face live. Yeah. So it's fun to watch. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there have been some no effect over us, yeah. uh, you know, our, our day-to-day lives, really. I mean, us mm. in particular. I can't remember the last time that I was on Twitter, uh, you know, for anything other than someone sent me a post. Oh, I'm, on, I'm on Twitter every day. Well, yeah, but why? Okay, that's a, that's a very interesting point. Why are you on Twitter every day? So, t- so Twitter, I follow a lot of athletes, and... Mm-hmm. Um, so most major, like, I mean, I, I, this is probably true for everything else, but specifically for me, um, a lot of major news outlets will cover the highlight of a story, you know, like, oh, mm-hmm. this is what happened. But the athletes themselves would go on there and, like, full-on, like, do paragraph-long diatribes from their own personal points of view, and they were, like, they had front-row seats to it. Whether they were on the team, it happened to them specifically, they happened to be just a person who was, like, a famous athlete in the sports world who knows mm-hmm. these people and they'll go on there onto Twitter and you, you'll never, you never know this cause it's not reported, but they'll mm-hmm. have 25,000 people will see it or like it. And I'll be one of those people like, Oh shit. There's a, uh, recently like RG three had a beef with, uh, um, not LaShawn McCoy. It was another run. Was it LaShawn McCoy? But it, it, like a couple of days ago, basically, um, I think it was LaShawn, LaShawn McCoy was just like throwing shade at RG three, mm-hmm. um, for, 
uh, some some he had some some take. Uh, it didn't go. It didn't sit well. The two of them started going back. Where Deion Sanders got involved, and it was all public. They're over here just insulting each other, dropping stats, going into it, and sharing their opinions. Um, and that's the type of shit that uh, you never get it, to see just by following the, the you know ESPN. It was it was uh, Lashawn. It was Lashawn. Yeah. 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 Um, so that so that's why I follow Twitter. Um, and then of course there's uh, so I also follow a lot of Ukrainian news. So I uh, that. The Ukrainian war, for some reason, really, um, well, I was like obsessed with it, especially the first like month or so. So I followed a ton of Ukrainian um, content creators, so I can see like you know real like in real time uh, war news and and uh, video that came out. Yeah, uh, you keep I use Twitter about once a week, and that is for UFC fights or other uh, <laughs> like MMA. Oh, uh no it's mostly because a lot of play-by-play happens on twitter right uh and uh a lot of articles and more like not necessarily fringe but less like sports where there's less going on in it day to day Mm -hmm. like mma and boxing and stuff like that much easier Uh, to follow that yeah a lot of the articles are just this person tweeted this and links you to the tweet and i just cut out the middleman and i just follow all the relevant people on on Twitter, uh, and that's about it. I, but a lot of my like discourse when it comes to sports has actually moved to Discord. Uh, so, really, yeah, uh, a lot of different like Bleacher Report and Bloody Elbow, uh, a lot of different podcasts and stuff like that. You know, they set up their own private discords. Uh, it said even the uh, <clears throat> Let's make sure Uncle Dana White can't hear me. But even the spicy sites I use to stream the UFC fights have their own private discords that you can go into and talk to people while you're watching the stream on their sites. Which oh, very cool. kind of brings us to something that I, I enjoy. I enjoy talking about. I never had uh, Is that um, social media has um, has changed so much over the course of even the last, you know, five years. Um, I mean, you go back to, um, you go back to the, what, MySpace, um, where... Yeah, it was uh, in your top 10. I mean, essentially, MySpace was teaching kids coding, you know, how to put cool graphics on your on your page and, and things like that. And and so now, we, we went from that, right, your top friends to um really social media sites being uh, huge outlets for not just fun fun things cat videos and and uh your favorite music but also uh real news uh real information that is pertinent to you and i think that's extremely fascinating that is i i agree i, I think that i was i, I knew when we were talking about social media big here and i, I was just kind of thinking about a different a different take and mm-hmm. my my hot take is i think that social media did something really unique to fame and it, it it actually democratized fame because at one point famous people were famous through essentially one of like what three outlets right so either they through um like magazines um movies or tv shows there was really no other way to become famous, um, you know, obviously there's musicians, but like, 
um, out, I guess like outside of even then, like people writing about them or them being on TV shows or, 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 or being some, an actor of some sort, there really right. wasn't a way for them to be uh, famous. So the people that were famous were uber famous. Right? Like right. the whole world knew who they were. There was a now, monopoly on being famous. There was a monopoly on being famous. So I think social media has democratized fame. So that now, like, can there's you, people. Sorry, can can you define democratize for our uh, right. less? So uh, I think it, it allowed it allowed people to vote on what they think a per, what people should be famous for. So if instead of you just saying I have I had no say in the fact that we all know who brad pitt was growing up right like you might say like i don't give a shit about brad pitt but i really like uh this tiktok creator now right who posts mm-hmm. a lot about something very specific the things i like and they might have a million followers right and those million and outside of those million followers maybe nobody knows about that person right like relatively maybe a few people that have like you know like a basic understanding of their existence but they don't know what they're famous for they just know that they're, oh mm-hmm. this person they're they make videos but what kind of videos i have no idea so there but there's so many people all over the world who now fall into this like category of like almost like I would call it regionally famous, you know, like regionally, whether it's um, region regional as far as like their geography or regional as far as like their, their content specific stuff, you know, so if it's like mom stuff, you know, they post a lot of mom videos on TikTok or Instagram and a lot of other moms follow them. You and I or the three of us might have no idea this person even exists, but they have 7 million followers and they make a ton of money and they're, they're and they're a little group. They're really famous. Right. Before social media, that never was the case. It's it's it allows it allows for um, fame uh, based on very specific niches. So, Um, yeah, and that's what I meant by democratizing fame. But social media gave everybody a voice, um, and it allowed everybody then to kind of choose out who they want to follow, which in turn um, allowed fame to become very more specified. Right. And then I, I just, I mean, I find it fascinating that you can, <clears throat> you know, scroll on Twitter, right? And you can see hundreds of videos and um, you're scrolling and you're scrolling and you'll, you'll hit a video that is, you know, someone taking a walk, right? And there will be, that video will have um, a million views and, you know, 900,000 likes where in the past I people wouldn't have stopped for a second to look at that video or maybe they would have and 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 it was just never really uh quantified in a way that that TikTok does it obviously but um I think the evolution of social media has allowed uh people to find very specific things that they enjoy and really buy into those things. And I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. So, right. No, I agree. Uh, you know, how, how many, like, look at stuff that probably wouldn't have been super popular in social media, you know, back in 2007 and uh, 2014, 2015. So, like, you know, um, Warhammer 40K. <laughs> You know, yeah, but there's a big like community on it right now on TikTok, right? right? People talk about it. Henry Cavill's helped out a lot have, with that. Thanks, bro. I have no idea. Uh, Honestly, I, I had no idea. I, when you first said Warhammer, I, thought, I didn't know if you're being satirical, and that's kind no. of the point, right? Yeah, and I had no idea. But if you want to, you could be surrounded by Warhammer 40k content on TikTok if that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Or, sure. TikTok, you know, Twitter, Twitter, Facebook, 
Um, yeah. So, you know, and, and even more and more, you know, niche subjects if you, you know, really want to get into it. But I, I do think that's cool. And I do, uh, good to bad, I would argue mostly good. It's allowed people to uh, feel more comfortable in those weird things that they like. Uh, you know, like I remember growing up and being the kid that watched anime and everybody thought that was, you know, weird. And now anime is this big, super popular thing that a lot of people are into. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think it's helped people get more comfortable into the things that they're into and more comfortable being themselves, which is only ever uh, a positive. Right. Um, inclusiveness uh, to a certain point is absolutely um, a good thing. And allowing people in far-flung corners of the world to uh, connect with communities that have similar views is... Yeah. I mean, you can do whatever you want. No one's stopping you. Um, well, my mic is. It keeps cutting out, and I apologize. Um, That's okay. I, I, um, I think it's also, though, at the heart of why we have so much um in a, like why our country is so ineffective so there's a little bit of a right turn here but like um a lot of people just basically a lot of communication is done through um the town hall has moved to the digital town hall right so now all the people everybody talks online but because you your algorithm feeds you what you like or aspire to whatever right whatever political affiliation you have you become you think that thing is actually more popular than it might even be so when you mentioned Warhammer 40K and you're like, oh, there's this big following out there, I legit had no idea, right? And now um, to somebody who is who believes that uh, immigrants are the reason why this country is uh, failing, right? And they have uh, all these videos are flooding their feed that reaffirms that bias. And they think to themselves like, oh, see, everyone believes this. Everyone believes this shitty thing, right? Because all the, my feed is telling me that. So I think that for the good that it does, it also, it exacerbates the bad, right? That you get stuck into this loop where you just keep feeding the same things over and over again. And everybody it's else an keeps chamber. it. Yeah, it's an echo chamber. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, sure. There's always, there's never anything that is, and, and I hesitate to say never, but very often there's, there are not uh, things that occur that, uh, cannot be seen from both sides. So um, there are very often negative aspects. I think social media. (laughs) Sorry, what were you saying? Uh, Social media, I think social media makes it to the point where now we we can't even actually have uh, debate anymore. Um, I think I think that you can, I think you can, I think there's a certain level of accountability that is, is there now, um, that wasn't there in the past, or maybe, uh, wasn't acknowledged in the past. And I'm not saying that you can't have contrarian views to, uh, what is generally perceived as the norm. Um, and in fact, I would encourage uh, most people to try and uh, look outside their own box, but um, it's oftentimes uh, kind of the conversation that people have when uh, they say the world is getting really soft, right? Uh, 
I don't necessarily think the world is getting uh, soft. I think that a lot of people are being held uh, more accountable for the words that come out of their mouth. And I, I don't think that's a bad thing. And um, Well, I, okay, that's fair. I mean, look, let's use perfect examples to segue into uh, the artist formerly known as Kanye, <laughs> <laughs> um, who got kicked off of some social media platforms for him. Um, I think he's he's been banned from uh, Instagram, or he's been locked out of Instagram and uh, Twitter right now. So okay. if he's if he's locked out of Instagram, he's locked out I would imagine he's locked out of Facebook as well. Right, right. Um, yeah. Uh, Do we lose so. our host? Our hostess with the mostest? <laughs> there he is. I'm back. Yeah, so, uh, and that, I guess like, that kind of bolsters your point that people are like, you know, Ye is being held accountable, right? He lost his, I mean, uh, Andrew Tate held accountable. There's people who are still have a platform, but they've been demonetized, you know? Mm -hmm. So it really takes away a lot of um, their zest, you know, when they know they're doing all this effort for free. Doesn't, doesn't mean that you are not allowed to have your opinion on something, but kind of, I think it's, well, yeah, yes and no. I think that it's important to recognize that, like most things, there are consequences to the things that you you say, and sometimes they're proportional, and sometimes they're not proportional. But right, but I mean, re- in the country where we love talking about the freedom of speech, right? First Amendment, freedom of speech, right? Don't you think there is some credence to the to the argument that Twitter and social media at large, but specifically Twitter, has become the town hall? of the modern era. And then by having somebody censoring town hall, even if it's with shit that's ridiculous or even, even potentially dangerous, you infringe upon somebody's first amendment rights. No, I do not. Mm. Uh, the first amendment says that no government shall, I mean, if we're, we're getting the weeds and super technical here, but the first amendment says that no government shall infringe upon or the right of free speech uh, or enforce religion. Uh, Doesn't say anything Twitter, about a private Facebook, company. All that stuff isn't the government. Uh, and one of the things I get back to is you can write an opinion piece and send it to the New York Times, and the New York Times is under no obligation to post your opinion piece. Your local newspaper is under no obligation to post your opinion piece. Um, so to say that, hey, uh, being banned from Twitter uh, is like being banned from a town hall, town halls are still it's your government giving you the space to air grievances to the government, to the community. I don't think it's quite the same apples to apples comparison. Um, I would also argue that if a social media site like Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, whatever starts kicking too many people, then they will lose uh, that sense of legitimacy for like what they're trying to claim. And I think would end up losing a lot of subscribers. Um, we do kind of have to remember that the reason that we're at where we're at, where these people have started getting banned is uh, because of issues in the past where people have been spreading, you know, super hateful and violent rhetoric on their platforms that were then cited in mass shooter, you know, manifestos uh, as to why they were doing the things that they were doing. That's why there's this big pushback to then get some of this content uh, off of their you know, their sites uh, under these, you know, terms of use uh, agreements. 
I do think it is on them to be super transparent as to why they're kicking people off uh, to make the language and their user agreements super clear as to like, you know, these actions will get you kicked off our site. Dude, I, okay. I completely agree with you. Honestly, like what you just said, <laughs> I mean, I really do. I completely agree with you. I, I, yeah. I, I wanted to bring up the, con the contrarian point of view, right, for the sake of the conversation. But like, no, I right. agree what, what's, what's the point of discourse if it's going to be the three of us just, you know, yeah, kind of stroking, with each other. Yeah. stroking each other's points? And you like, should, oh, uh, we're so smart. <laughs> you, should hear, you should hear us on the phone together, uh, Raider. Like, I, we, should, we should loop you in some of our calls. Oh, yeah. um, I, you know, we spend like, uh, once we, uh, once we uh, start a, a Patreon tier, you know, for some paid subscribers, that can be one of the benefits that the oh, kid is, I, is oh, he's dropping it on a phone call. Oh, wow. I don't know if I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> things get, things get pretty out of hand. I would say there's, so Danny, uh, how long have we been friends, Dan? 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. So, what? um, in that 10 years, I think only one time and actually recently have we ever gotten to a point where we weren't talking to each other mm -hmm. and um it was really silly it was <laughs> i mean looking back um it always is it, it it always is right but the great thing is that um if you ever heard us having a conversation uh, about something <laughs> controversial you would imagine that we are not friends right sometimes. Right, right. But we, that's the uh, funny is that that's not what we ever got mad at each other for. It was the stupid nope, thing we got the mad at. Stupidest each other thing for. ever. Um, yeah. And I'm not gonna say on here what it was because it's just dumb. I just I feel like it gives it power, and I don't want to do that. Yeah. But um, argue with your friends. That's that's my sage advice. Argue with your friends. If you have friends who only agree with you, um, you need new friends. Yeah, quite frankly, I agree. So, yeah, I, I I will say the benefit of that that argument there that that bit of advice is. Um, I have been forced to re, you know, reanalyze um, my, the way I say things to someone who, you know, like, okay, this is controversial. And I was, you know, I love the person who I'm talking to about it and the person who's clearly on the opposite side of the spectrum of me. So maybe they're coming from a, coming at it from a good place, right? Like I feel if the person who I, if, if you only argue with people that you hate, you know, mm -hmm. then you're going to just associate those, those points of views with people that you fucking hate. You know? Right, and, and you don't want that. I mean, you that's... don't want that, right? Right, you want to be like, okay, no, this is clearly maybe just I just maybe I'm wrong, right? There's always goes you always gonna have that in the back of your head. Well, um, um, I would argue, like personally, this is just me, but the only way that I've ever really improved as a person isn't from my own inner self reflection randomly. Uh, it's been from people like calling me out on either an opinion I've expressed or just something I've said, right? When it's like, hey, man, like that's mm -hmm. that's not cool, and here's why because they're my friend, I respect their opinion, and it forces me to sit down and think about, like, hey, is what I'm saying okay, or is what I did okay? A lot of the time, it's not, you know, and you, you, you improve from that, so. Uh, Sorry, I, I moved a quarter of an inch. <laughs> and it's <laughs> gone. See, if, if he had uh, participated in our previous conversations and uh and tests he would know this about his his uh his setup but yeah it's weird because like it won't do it sometimes but i'll literally just breathe deep and then just cut out <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's how my knees are sometimes it's, just... a, it's a heavy it's a heavy sigh and your mic's like yeah me too bro i guess we're out. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me laugh my mic will cut out <laughs> <laughs> But, I, I want to I want to say something about your uh, your bit there, uh, Grizz. I, I 
think uh, you said a lot of really important things. I think I think the thing that really stuck out to me was the the bit about essentially saying that hey, these are these are private corporations. You know, mm-hmm. the first people people abuse the the First Amendment uh, so often that they literally start using it in like day to day conversations. Like you can't <laughs> you can't tell me what to say. I have a First That's Amendment. A this right. Right. And I'm like, bro, you're talking to the barista at Starbucks right now. Like, <laughs> You know, like, well, what are you referring to? It's crazy. Along that vein, um, it is uh, startling how many people will try to use, um, you know, the First Amendment or the Dude, all, Amendment all or whatever, and yeah. and they have no idea. No idea. They have not the slightest. Dude, I I gotta watch. hijack this conversation just briefly. Uh, um, only just now. Just now. Just now. <laughs> and never again. Um, so we all have guns. Right, Grizz, you have guns, right? To yeah. the ATF agent listening to this, where so all my guns. guns are legal. <laughs> um, I like guns. We all like guns. I have guns. They're everywhere. all registered in my in my name. The dog is not filled with tannerite. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed too hard. Damn it! <laughs> I cut out. I feel like I'm on a phone call with my grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, we come. We're looking at my computer. Oh, I just turn it on and off again. Um, that actually might work. Uh, <laughs> I, I, so I want to say that I know a lot of people who will trumpet um, at like one line the of the Second, Second Amendment. Amendment. Yeah. So, uh, do you guys know what the, the whole line of the Second Amendment is? Uh, in a well-regulated militia, or I, uh, something like that. I don't remember. I don't. I also don't quote. <laughs> the constitution to anyone well you're gonna hear my little clicky clack <laughs> my keyboard so i don't you know say this wrong publicly. no i i want well, i want um, that to, only, i wish more people did that it's only one sentence but it's a well-regulated militia it's a run-on uh, sentence I do it's a run on it is um comma being necessary to the security of a free state comma mm. the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed right mm-hmm. so so the last part of the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, right? Mm-hmm. That part is what's quoted by every single person ad right. nauseum that is a pro NRA person, right? But the, the whole, the first part though, of a well-regulated militia is really, really important when you look at what that, what that means, because it's subjective. What is a well-regulated militia? Who, who's in control of that, right? I mean, it's the word regulated means that somebody is in charge of it, right? Right. Somebody is saying we are, we have regulations that you have to follow. So when people say like, "Hey, the Second Amendment is is means this," well, no, it's this also says there's regulations. Like it's literally in the sentence, there's regulations. Who right. who who sets them is is up for, for debate. Well, and but what's not up for debate is whether or not it says a militia, right? And a militia uh, indicates that there is a. Uh, whether it's well regulated or not, a cohesive unit of individuals that. Um, are have a common goal right um and generally speaking when you talk about a militia the common goal is is protection right of 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 whatever um how many people that own guns and quote the second amendment do you think are part of their local militias yeah i mean i would say a minority right for sure I would, yeah, right yeah, i would say a gross a gross minority and, and that's and that's kind of my my issue with all the people that to quote the first amendment Right. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's that like you don't, you're just, you know, um, when they talk about uh, religion and, you know, in schools, right. And they're like, 
yeah, no, it's there so that you have the freedom of religion, right, um, to practice it. So the government doesn't come in and say, hey, we're going to take that away. But it doesn't mean that you could, you have the freedom to perpetuate your beliefs in any form you you deem fit. It means the government can't come through and crack down on you. So back fully, going back full circle to uh, Kanye West uh, mm-hmm. take off of social media. I believe his name is Ye now. Ye, apologize out there, Kanye, if you're listening. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's our number one fan. Sorry, it's just him. We have, yeah. if Sorry, we have one Kanye. follower, and it was Kanye. I would, be, I, I would uh, be a highlight of my life. Um, Honestly, that'd be pretty wild. Yeah, if, Kanye, if we got Kanye to join it, I mean, I wouldn't change the name of the of the podcast, or would I upgrade him um, in the, the the ranking order of host? But he would he would be allowed to come on. Oh, absolutely. I would. I think. That's just good TV, you know? That's just good TV. I agree. Um, so it, it does it does create um, an issue when you kick people off of your, your site. You get enough of them, eventually they're going to do what Kanye is doing, which is he's you know, buying buying Parler. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And he's going to probably be a moth, um, a moth light to everybody out there that has controversial views. Right, and that, and that's really the, the fear, is that because um, that might these, get big. These people with these quote unquote uh, contrary views or um, outside the norm views uh, find these individuals to flock to, um, and yeah. I think that kind of goes back to what 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 Grizz was saying in that uh, that is that's. That's kind of why these private uh, companies make the moves that they do to kind of curtail these individuals on I their mean, platform. I, I can see that, but I, I almost feel mm-hmm. like the, the enemy you know, you know, um, it's greater than the one you don't. And I think by forcing them um, to go to another platform, you know, which they're going to do now. I mean, like, you know, Andrew Tate's going to go to, you know, and probably have him a, take his following with him. To mm-hmm. Parler, right? I would not be surprised if people like, you know, controversial subject characters like Ben Shapiro, you know, um, who, I mean, here's actually, Ben Shapiro is actually a really good example of this. Ben Shapiro got deplatformed. And ben, mm-hmm. uh, so at one point, what, like three or four years ago, Ben, ben Shapiro was like the controversial guy. Like, I mean, I, I, every time I went onto YouTube, there was like a Ben Shapiro sh- shooting someone down. I felt like in my algorithm, because I watched it one time, right? But I felt like a new video was coming out, you know, constantly. And um, then he got deplatformed, and then I felt like his his uh, fame, you know, went along with it, mm. right? And he's really not heard from at all anymore. I haven't seen a Ben Shapiro video in a long time. Um, well, know, he has his own uh, he has his own site now. What is it called? He, he does. I don't. Um, I do know he did, but that but he doesn't have to, right? Yeah, he does. I'm trying to remember what it's called. I'm gonna look it up. But because what's her name, Gina Carano, is there now? Uh, right, making the movies girl, with him. The girl uh, from. Uh, well, she was a she was a, a UFC fighter, right? Right. She was a, uh, she she, oh, dro- she was a UFC she dropped fighter. out before the UFC. Um, um, I think it was Invicta. She was in. She fought for yeah, Invicta. Right. Yep. Um, was she good? Uh, she was pretty decent. She was, pretty uh, for, decent, she was yeah. good for her time. But um, she who did she lose? She had a didn't she have a, like a really bad loss to somebody? Um, no, she never Ronda fought. Rousey. That was like the big dream fight everybody was trying to make with her yeah. that never uh they could still fight. It would not be as exciting, but they could still do it. 
uh, they've been talking about it, trying to get it to happen. But uh, so she she was a pioneer for women's MMA for a while. She was. That's what, yeah. I mean, she was good for her time. Uh, I think today, if she was, to and do she it, was, she, uh, uh, she tried really hard to be an action star too. Yeah, and she's in, she's in, um, she's in a couple flicks. You know, she was, also she was in the first Deadpool. She uh, was, and then after that, she um, uh, she was in the Mandalorian. So she was actually like starting to get uh, pretty right. popular. What was what did she say that got her? Um, Hold on, let me let me. Uh, I don't see. Uh, I was gonna see if I, I could find the tweets. I, I was actually Wiki- looking for them. I have her Wikipedia pulled up right now. Uh, so she, after some people, uh, she made a comment about. She, uh, it started out with a. Uh, she changed her pronouns in her Twitter profile to uh, yeah. boop. Right. Uh, which led her to be accused of transphobia. She later apologized and moved them, removed them. Um, and then Then she said she that being conservative was uh, akin to being uh, a, a Jew, Jew during the Holocaust. And she she made that comment or a, a comment along those lines um, uh, yeah, to, while she was while they were like uh, in between uh, film filmings of the the Mandalorian seasons yeah. and they let her go after that what's her name again Gina, Gina? Carano yeah, C-A-R-A-N-O um, and then so the to, to wrap oh, that's back up, uh, yeah, the Daily Wire uh, is Ben Shapiro's website. Mm, that's uh, what it is. Is she what? She like, is she like a contributor to that, or she just hired so, a film? Uh, no, so they the Daily Wire now makes movies. That's that's what we're getting they to. Ben Shapiro, yeah, ben Shapiro brought his fans oh, over, God. and their website <laughs> is now so successful that they have the funding to make their own movies, which is I what Gina Carano is doing now. Uh, she was just in a western. Uh, oh yeah, she oh, was yeah. just in a western with uh, Donald Cerrone, who was another UFC fighter. Terror on the Prairie. Or yeah, Terror on the Prairie. Terror on the Prairie. Uh, and then she's in an upcoming one where she plays. The next movie role she has is where she plays the Secret Service agent that has her hair sniffed by Joe Biden. Oh my God. I mean. What sucks about her this this take she might subscribe to this. <laughs> Want to watch these? <laughs> what do you think um, is Kanye West's intention of purchasing parlor? Yeah, what do you think he's gonna do with it? I you know for uh, for years for years I was like you know Kanye is trying to tear the system down or trying to tear it down from the inside or. Uh, He's just, you know, doing things for for views or whatever. Um, at this point in my life, I have no idea what the fuck Kanye is doing. Mm-hmm. And um, do, you think, do you think Kanye knows what Kanye is doing? I don't. I honestly <laughs> don't. I do not. Um, and it's it's sad. It's you know what's frustrating about it is that I love Kanye's music. Mm-hmm. Um, the words of Kanye Dang. and the old Kanye. 
Yes. I yes. miss the old Kanye. Call it Dropout, one of my favorite albums of all time. Oh, and like, like it's just is mind blowing. Like how great, not only of a producer, but a rapper, uh, and just all around artist that Kanye is, right? Yeah. And you can really see him start to go off the rails, and it's it's not it's not necessarily sad because it had, again has very little bearing on my life uh, as a whole day to day. But um, you know, I just it feels weird now to say that I'm a Kanye fan because Kanye is just kind of on some bullshit right now. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be associated with that. <laughs> yeah. Kanye makes good TV, but I'm definitely not Team Kanye. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it sucks. I think it's like watching just... a house fire. You know, you feel bad for the people whose house is on fire, but like, kind of want to watch the shit burn. Yeah, I've always wondered, like, what would happen to watch a house burn? In the ground? Oh man, I just—it's so. It's rough. It's rough to watch. Not, not the house burning. I've never you watched someone's the house burning. The most amazing thing about, about Kanye was that Kanye was bankrupt, like, not that long ago. And he he went from, like, legit bankrupt to um, going and asking people for money. And I think he was, like, I think he was on, uh, what's that one rap podcast? Uh, with Sway. Oh, uh, how Sway? You ain't got the answers. You ain't got. You ain't got the answers. Uh, that was great. Great episode. Um, anyways, that podcast, uh, radio show. Um, you know, he he was on there. I think he was like asking. He's like, yeah, I need to borrow money. And people were like, bro, what? Like, no, man, I'm not gonna give you money. He just lost a ton of money. And then he made it all back and became really wealthy. You know, um, because again. he's a talented and intelligent individual that for some reason just goes like like when he goes unchecked things get out of hand like super fast like the the downward spiral is is quick and intense did you guys ever see the video of the mashup of kanye west saying crazy things no does it start with the hurricane <laughs> katrina um i'm gonna kanye, kanye hates black or uh, um George no. Bush hates black people. Um, it's like the same people who did one for, I'm, I'm drawing blanks right now, but the guy who just lost the uh, the case for the Sandy Hook defamation. Oh, uh, Alex Jones. Alex, Alex Jones. Jones. So the, the people made some videos um, of Alex the Jones as a, uh, no, as a, as a, as a, like a folk singer. And it's really good. I've, I've heard it like 30 fucking times. And they did one for Kanye, they did one for Kanye West. And it's so good. Like it's a cat. You should, uh, if you find it, you should put it in the uh, in the uh, the lounge floor. We're gonna watch it all together. It's oh, it's called as a tame impala. So they picked the tame impala beat, and I'm gonna take it right here. And I'm going to hold on one second. Um, I'm going to cop share this, copy the link, and I'm putting it into the lounge floor now. All right, thank you. That is the first post in our lounge floor channel by the way that was one of the most absurd things i've ever watched <laughs> just why does he have a platform he is insane like 
<laughs> even like like you know how like sometimes you can be like, oh, that was taken out of context. That's that's crazy. Like they didn't mean it. Like I mm, is there a context from the shit that he said? <laughs> it was just crazy, man. I mean, free speech at its finest, am I right? So that's full circle, you know. I guess except he just he just lost the court case. So I don't know. Yeah. Old Alex Jones. <sighs> it was exhausting. I feel like I'm owed reparations for watching. <laughs> <laughs> reparations? Should they have them? Go. Oh, my <laughs> fucking God, dude. Relax. I know. This is I supposed to be it, a fun podcast. I think Atlanta already covered that subject. What a good show. <laughs> kind of off topic. I love that show. I mean, uh, Donald Glover is a fucking genius. That's uh, so good. So Donald Glover is a genius, huge fan. All right. Uh, so much as much as we can continue to cover social media, I think we've kind of hit a hit a good stopping point because we could literally talk about social media for you know, hours uh, um, and, and days. Uh, but if you would like, we can move into our second topic of the podcast, uh, which is a fun segment that we have decided to call easier than you think <laughs> uh and today uh we're gonna talk about you know smithing metallurgy uh how hard of a subject we think it is to get into or an activity rather uh you know okay uh, it's it's increased popularity thanks to shows like forged and fire uh shameless you know. plug for forged and fire yeah i love the show so <laughs> we're actually paid yeah, don't at don't at me. But you know, hey, we need a sponsor. Uh, if somebody can get us the in contact sponsor. with, uh, you know, Force and Fire or the History Ooh. Channel or even Doug Markita, you know, we should do Doug Markita would be yeah. dope. We should do a Forge and Fire like shout out every episode until we get like, <laughs> something so, from them. Yeah. So I have I have friends who have a, a podcast. T-shirt. Um, and uh, every podcast, they um, they shout out Milo's iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, honestly, at this point, Milo's is just being selfish, like sponsors mm-hmm. the great there, you know, like. Mm-hmm. So but, this could, know, this could be our Milo's, you know. If if the execs over at Forged and Fire can't see the immense potential that this podcast has, so <laughs> want to really just get in on the ground floor, ground early floor. investors. This, uh, uh, buzzword. You know, there's 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 only you know chance to grow uh, exponentially from the, here. We're only uh, it would really be bad here. business sense to not you know be in the planning stages of a you know barely coherent themed night over at the Forge and Fire Studio. Uh, so. <laughs> we're going to the studio now. <laughs> like, it's bro, I'm bro, aim high, aim high. I'm, I'm down. Let's do. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't, let, let's be clear. I know uh, about fuck all uh, for for knife like, forging. I've, I've watched at least fifteen seasons of Forged and Fire. Are there fifteen? How throw, many seasons are there? Throw that's a lot. Th- yeah, throw me the Damascus billet. I got it. It's <laughs> <laughs> to, to forge the Damascus billet. Okay, how many episodes have you watched? Uh, enough. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Snow, Snow, have you have you watched Forge and Fire? I, I watched like two episodes. 
Oh, I mean, I think that. Well, how are we going to get fucking sponsored if you only watch two episodes? Well, uh, hey, for... sponsor me. I'll watch them all. Sponsor me. That's for... <laughs> for those of you listening to the audio version, which is all of you because we don't have a video version. <laughs> uh, that's only the, the audio The version. utter look of confusion on my face right now. And disappointment. Mm. I have never felt more like a father looking disappointedly into his son's eyes than this moment. I, uh, I, I listen, I'm childless. I, I think it's cool. Um, I have a, uh, I have a couple of obsidian, not obsidian, what do you call it? What's the, what's that cool design that they, when they smash metal together to make layers on top of layers? Damascus. Uh, Damascus. Yeah. So I, got, I have like a Damascus axe and a Damascus knife and I use it to cut down, um, branches in the backyard. That's how little I care about your fucking forged fire here. I mean, I, I don't even know what it's called. I just think it looks cool and I buy it. I mean, because I'm an adult with money problems. Yeah, you're the guy buying Damascus tools. Uh, to the execs at Forge and Fire, uh, Snowy B is a replaceable <laughs> member of this podcast. We are, we are really flexible. You say the word, Doug. In the words of Doug Markita, you know, we'll just kill. It will kill. <laughs> your, uh, your blade has had a critical failure. Uh, was it turn in your tools and leave the forge? <laughs> <laughs> Surrender your blade and leave the forge. Uh, but but into the subject of actual like metal smithing okay. and getting into it. So uh, yes, we talked about how um, we would like to you know cover um, certain things, hobbies, uh, interests, or whatever uh, that you know people may not have heard about or think it might be difficult to get into um and so the first one we picked was something that grizz and i uh, have talked about extensively um and that is uh metalwork and uh blade forging um and so with that said i do think on the most basic level it is a lot easier than it seems to get into. Um, you literally only need a forge, uh, a quench tank, and uh, somewhere to uh, to work metal, basically to hammer metal. And uh, and and that and that's it. I mean, realistically, your forge can be built out of almost anything. Um, <laughs> So anything from uh, uh, a several thousand dollar forge uh, custom built to um, a hollowed out propane tank um, or some fire bricks that you put together. Yeah, like there's, there was that one dude on there that literally was using a satellite dish with charcoal in it and he just cut out some okay. air holes in the bottom. So as somebody who hasn't watched okay, the contrary. forge in fire, if I were to go ahead and try to build a forge in my backyard today with, mm-hmm. with household tools, what 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 should I go get at my local Home Depot to build this forge? Um, I think if you were just looking at like, depending on how technical you wanted to get into it, I'm of the opinion that a like old fashioned charcoal forge, although not the easiest to like work metal in. As, uh, would be the easiest to build out of household items because basically all a charcoal forge is is a container that allows airflow from the bottom uh, 
to come up uh, and char lit charcoals on top uh, that you then stick the metal in to heat up. Uh, because out of that, like realistically, something dome shaped, you got an old, you know, uh, fire pit lying around or, you know, a giant, you know, steel uh, cylindrical shape. Uh, you cut holes in it, throw a fan under there, and mm -hmm. some lit charcoals. And realistically, that's, you can. Uh, it's you a can, charcoal can, forge. Yeah, that's a charcoal forge. That's it. That's it. What could I could I make? Can I um, make a Damascus knife with a charcoal forge? Uh, it is difficult to make a Damascus anything without um, a welder. And uh, 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 you would have press, to uh, press some uh, sort because the so with my limited knowledge, um, Damascus, uh, Damascus is made or formed by layering uh, metal, uh, and there are different types of Damascus, but um, generally speaking, um, what you would do is you would take a billet. Or you would you would take a, a piece of metal, um, and you would heat it up, and you would fold that, and then you would forge weld it, which is uh, essentially just heating the metal up and then hammering it together uh, to create different layers. And you do that over and over and over again until you get the number of layers that you want. Yeah, but and also to inject this Damascus billeting, creating Damascus billeting, and things that like Damascus knives, is not beginner entry-level uh, forging. Right. That, yes, and that's, that's a huge, that's a huge point. And, and, and we're not, we're not saying not being something... a high-level forger. We're saying getting, get into the door and into the hobby of metal forging is easier than people would, would think that it is. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. What would you guys, if you, if you both had a forge, what would you be the person you would make? I mean, I would probably a kitchen, a kitchen knife or like a, a knife that I would use every day. I think that would be the most rewarding thing for me to make. Is it because you made it yourself? Is that what's like the, the biggest allure to it? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, the idea that, um, that I went out and I found, uh, whatever steel that I wanted to use, you know, uh, whether that be high quality steel, whether it be leaf springs, whether it be, you know, whatever, whatever steel I decided to use. And I, it went from that raw basic form to now this very usable and, um, possibly important tool is, is, is a, a big deal to me at least. Um, so creating something that you can use is. I think one of the most rewarding things ever, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that. It's a, uh, it feels good. Like, you know, <clears throat> the DIY, you know, <laughs> the... I, I, I think it's also very freeing feeling to know that it's like, Hey, I need this thing. I don't have to go necessarily like, I, Oh, I can make that right now. Like, is it going to take a little bit longer than going to the store? Yeah, but the time and effort that you put into it make it that much more special. 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. I mean, that's the kind of the beauty of DIY. It's like, hey, I made this thing. Yes, right. I could. I can go to Walmart and get a set of these for twenty five dollars. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> or I could spend twenty five dollars on making a charcoal flame forge using a hair dryer, charcoal, <laughs> my rusty <laughs> barbecue pit. You know, and uh, banging some metal and having my neighbors hate me. So yeah, I mean, I, I totally, I get it. So, um, are you under the impression your neighbors don't already hate you? My neighbors do not hate me. His neighbors fucking love him. I know. Kind of strange because, like, for me, the norm is like not to talk to my neighbors unless I have to, and he is constantly talking to his neighbors he's buying pies from you know like kids selling pies the pie girls um yeah. like, but you have yeah. you have pie girls yeah oh yes. bro yeah, yeah we used to we used to yeah. be gaming and he'd be like hold on the pie girls are at my door what dude yeah they make these little mini pies like they're like you know like four inch pies like lemon meringue like uh pecan apple homemade and they were have like you two, they were like two bucks bro have you ever just, have you ever like just had those moments where you realize something so important and meaningful has just been left missing from your life for the past thirty three years? Because that's where I'm at right now. Pie <laughs> girls. I didn't know that that was a thing, and I am now instantly saddened by the fact that I don't have that in my life. Dude, it was it was such a thing that I actually had to cut them off because they were coming by every day, and I was like, "Stop!" They knew what pies. they were doing. Stop feeding them. Exactly what they were doing. They're so uh, good. <laughs> it was so good too. It was a perfect amount of pie. It was like not. I was like, "Oh, yes, thank you so much." But yeah, um, my neighbors. So my neighbors here in New Orleans are like they're they're porch people, as in like they they sell the porch. That's a that's and, a southern thing. For yeah, sure. and uh, I mean, at first I thought it was, I definitely was like, what the fuck, you know, and then um, I got to the point <laughs> now where, you know, like once you get to know them, like, you know, so now I know my neighbors to the left and right and really well, and uh, they all, they both have kids, and uh, their kids, you know, are really, they're all they're really nice, like, they're just super cute, so I mean, one of the things that's part of the uh, very southern thing is, like, they call you by your first name when they say Mr. or Mrs., so they're like, so I'm Mr. Danny to, um, like, pretty much every, every southern child right down here it's like they know you by your first name they go they don't call you danny they call you mr danny right to be polite so all the kids are like hi mr danny you know and i'm like hey kids you know how are you guys doing you know like and it's they're, they're always excited like can we see your dogs you know and i'm like come in we'll hold on you for you and they the, they have you know my neighbors have a, a puppy and i'll bring my puppies out and they'll play together and it's just fun i don't know man it's cute i actually it actually really make, makes me like my neighborhood a lot more knowing that my neighbors are um, really cool little insight to my little world. No, I mean, I guess you guys can't relate to having neighbors who like you. I don't even know. My neighbors like me. I mean, they like to tell me when it's time to mow my lawn and stuff like that. So they're helpful. At least yours tells you. Uh, the guy who lives next to us just kind of cuts the front part of my, my yard. Massively. <laughs> this time. And I like... He's always smiling when he does it, but like it feels like an attack, you know? Yeah. Does he like, just look you in the eyes like it's nothing there's nothing more disheartening than like sitting on the couch in my living room and seeing my probably well into his seventies uh neighbor uh, <laughs> like come from behind the bush with his lawnmower <laughs> and cut like 
you know, like the first 15 square feet of my lawn and uh, like smile and wave at me. And I'm like, all right, well, cool beans, bro. I'll get up. Uh, one of the one of the best decisions I made was when I hired a, a long guy. I was like, yeah, fuck that, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, you all, I mean, there's a reason you hire a long guy. Sure, but I could just, I mean, I could, I could save myself $250 a month, but fuck mm-hmm. it. I love it. I, mean, I, love, I love when I get a picture of my lawn being done. It feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> it feels so good. <laughs> Uh, like that, that picture I posted on Facebook, uh, my house yesterday. My mm-hmm. long, my long guy took that photo. <laughs> my long guy. Ridiculous. For the record, um, we got a little off topic there, but um, I'm just gonna go ahead and so this I saw uh, uh, a TikTok um, from this creator, uh, Jenna builds, and she talks about. Um, and, and this is, this is actually a happenstance, not, you know, I didn't go looking for this or, um, you know, I, I don't follow a lot of creators on TikTok or social media that, that do, um, that, uh, forge knives. Um, but she talks about how easy it is to have your own forge and she, she takes you step by step. I mean, relatively so. Uh, about and she shows you her her forge and um where she what she uses as an anvil and it's all on like this like this back porch and um you know she her forge is built out of little like fire bricks and um her anvil is this a thick piece of steel uh, attached to to her patio um i mean it and she makes it work and it, 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 does it cost money sure uh absolutely but it uh it really highlights the idea that when you put your mind to it and if you open your mind to possibilities you can do pretty much anything and that's really the point of like talking about this is you know if you want to do it go do it yeah yeah, well, you know, we've uh, DIY, DIY or preaching the choir, rather preaching the choir. Uh, okay, uh, but, king of DIY. Uh, yeah, just talking about learning like the skills and stuff that too. Like uh, I brought up before we started uh, recording, is almost in any major city now. If you want to, you know, not like learn hands on with somebody else, there's schools now that are teaching this stuff. You know, where before you can had to find like the one dude in your town and ask him to teach you. It's there's actual schools now. Uh, you know, teaching you how to like right. make knives and their forges and stuff like that. So I think that's that's pretty cool as far as like the accessibility. You know, and yeah, you can you know go trial by error, but you know if you're if you don't want to have to go out and buy your own steel and try to figure it out on your own, you can. They yeah, have you know, schools now to teach you, which I think is uh, pretty dope and adds to the easiness of like getting to the activity to see if it's an activity you want to do before you go through the effort of building your own stuff. Yeah, uh, you know it's. Is it cheap? Cheap? No. Uh, like anything kind of super specific, it's not, but it's like a hundred fifty bucks a class. Yeah. Living ain't cheap. Mm-hmm. Living is not cheap. So do you guys have any plans to getting out of Ford in the future or, or no? Uh, I'm planning on when I get back uh, home, because uh, for those you know, first-time listeners, I'm, I'm on vacation right now. Uh, for, for our only listeners. Yeah. Uh, I'm a uh, I'm planning on 
I'm starting up taking the class. Uh, I just think it'd be a fun thing to do. Um, and have, have more of a creative out, creative yeah, outlet outside of like. It looks, that I it looks cool, as fuck, right? Honestly, it does look. It does look very cool. I mean, it looks cool. For those that can't see me, I, I I look like I should own a Smith. I'm a little bit heavy set, you know. I'm bald. I'm short. I look like a dwarf. Like I should be mining and crafting stuff. Like I think this. you should really lean into that, honestly. And like, you should, like <laughs> start trading, trading your beard, and uh, speaking in a vaguely Scottish accent, and um, you know, just mm. just really get into that. Yeah, I think you sell it and then get yeah. on TikTok. Yeah, and then promote Forged on Fire. Yeah, you know, Forged on Fire. Yeah. Or, or soon to be sponsors, soon soon to be sponsors. Yeah. We, can also, we can also blackmail them. Here's the thing: what you can do, you can get really popular um, mm-hmm. as the Forged on Fire future Forged, host. Forged but you're, but you're not you, actually the future you host. Being, are you intentionally saying it wrong? Forged on Fire. <laughs> it's a uh, it's forged in fire, but wait. Like a is, knife. is is a knife not on fire when it's being molten? No, it should. Is it's being okay? See, and like this is <laughs> literally undermining <laughs> the whole point. I I hope I hope they um hear this episode, hate me so much that they sponsor you on one condition that you guys fire me from the show. <laughs> and that's they're like that's why they do it. They're like let's do it. Let's we'll sponsor these fuckers. Just get rid of this guy. The forge on fire guy. <laughs> oh, I love it. I I do I do think that um, of all the DIY stuff out there, like yeah, the forge on fire one is definitely the most like Instagramable. It's easy to like um, like that type of lifestyle. Like you, because you can make so much cool shit. You can make rings, mm-hmm. you can make jewelry. You can be cool ass knife. You can make kick ass spear. You can do a fucking machete. Whatever, whatever you, your little your heart desires. But once you get the hang of it, I'm sure you can make some cool shit. Right. Um, there's one guy I follow. He's he is overseas, um, but he makes some amazing knives, um, and he's actually to the point where he's sold out, like um, pretty much like instantly. Like as soon as it hits, so whatever he releases, it gets sold out, and it's like hundreds of dollars per knife, um, and it's uh, it's pretty impressive. So I've seen people out there do some really cool stuff. They make you know he makes his own uh, leather mm-hmm. sheath. You know, like it's I'm I'm always impressed. I I don't think I'd ever actually be able to attain that level of skill. It's because it looks it looks fucking to me it looks tough. You know, you guys are looks like you guys have a a, a yearning for this. And I really hope actually I see old Grizz with a with a with a fucking fire pit in his backyard, you know, banging away at an anvil. <laughs> I would love that. I would love to see you in like a, what do you call it? You, you have to wear like an apron and some shit and like some big old yep. big yeah. old gloves. Yep. Forge Masters apron. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, you gotta grow your beard out, put some rings in it, call yourself like a cool nickname. Oh yeah. Like like, like metal Chris. metal manipulator or I don't know. Metal <laughs> manipulator is that what you say? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've come up with a cool like nickname. You are... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Dwarf. Yeah. Oh, that's good. You should copyright that because someone's yeah. gonna hear this and then they're gonna take it. That's mine now. Uh, um, so, so okay. Uh you guys ready to move on or uh yeah i think we've pretty well covered that yeah um, uh our next segment is our feel good current event 
uh, an old snowy bee, I believe you uh, you had something that was making you feel pretty good about about stuff to, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, are you about to say some bullshit? Because I feel like you're gonna say some bullshit. Oh, okay. No, the Great Pacific Garbage Pack, or the Garbage Patch, or the GP GP, as it's affectionately known, is massive. It's like it's it's like a country size garbage patch out. In it's the actually um, 1.6 million square kilometers. Uh, twice context, the size of Texas or yeah. three times the size of France. Um, if anybody's ever driven across Texas, which Billy and I actually... Oh my fucking God, Texas dude. Together in one shot. Oh, mind you, we drove across Texas in one yeah, shot. that was a terrible plan. I was no, so tired. We stopped in Austin. We stopped in Austin. But yeah, but we drove through New Mexico, too. We went through, right through New Mexico. Yeah, right. And <laughs> it was such... It was, it was like, we it was drive overnight? Cool. It, was, it was pretty yeah, fucking awful, yeah. honestly. Um, but yeah, so Texas is huge. It was a long drive. I could not imagine driving twice. And we were doing like 90 miles an hour. So like we, it took uh, for legal purposes, we were doing this. We were doing 65 miles an hour. I think the um, speed limit's 80. I, we're, we were speed going limit, under. Speed limit in West Texas is 80. Yes, literally just everywhere. It's like 80. Just don't don't kill anyone, basically, is the rule. My my rule is go nine miles an hour above the speed limit. I know. Most stops you didn't get pulled over, over doing that? I did not, and I've never been pulled over. Oh, I have been pulled over, but I just, I just say, uh, uh, good, good evening, officer. Uh, please. You're <laughs> 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 like, get out of here. Just be relaxing. Um, and, stupid. <laughs> I can't say that. Now you're gonna sue him for being a racist. Yeah. Homophobe. Yeah. He's like, what? <laughs> Speed away. <laughs> yeah, laying in bed at night. Staring at the ceiling. I'm not a homophobe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So the Great Pacific Garbage Patch is is massive. Uh, it's twice the size of Texas. Really huge. It was discovered in '97 um, and first, like you know, named named that, I guess. And it's been growing ever since. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know much about it, but I guess like the. I know that the the currents kind of take all of the stuff that floats. It takes it kind of like takes it to an area, and it just all kind of like hangs out there with other stuff that looks like it. And now it's just this gross uh, ode to human wastefulness and mm-hmm. and, and littering. So um, there's a few companies that have been working at this problem for a while, but there's been making some headway. And I gotta I gotta pull it up um, what we're talking here. The company that's doing this, I believe, is out in Norway. But they're they're essentially just using giant um, like looks like kind of like fishing nets, and then they're collecting like massive football size fields amounts of plastic um, like per minute. It's at a, at a really at a really high rate, and it um it actually looks like we we might uh, get out of this um you know within within this decade they might actually get rid of this this giant patch that's been. Kind of just like this really honestly like almost like embarrassing thing to the human condition like if aliens showed up here and we were like oh look at all the cool shit we did and they just like, were like well what the fuck is this thing we're hoping you wouldn't see that so uh what's interesting so what's interesting is that um so so um for those of you who don't know there's a website um called theoceancleanup.com um, and it, there are, there are five offshore plastic accumulation zones across the world. Um, the, 
Great Pacific Garbage Patch, or the GPGP, um, is the largest of the five. And obviously it is in the Pacific. Um, but uh, the way that it kind of explains it is that um, the stronger, more buoyant plastics, um, they, you know, they, they stick together um, and um, they remain on the surface of the ocean and they kind of make their way uh, via the currents uh, all to the same place where they kind of congregate and, and it, it makes it seem like the, the plastic is alive and it's, it's doing its own thing. But really what it is is that uh, things of similar size and composition um, kind of follow the same rules in the ocean. And so all these things kind of end up in the same place, creating this giant floating trash continent um, in the Pacific. And so it's, it's pretty fascinating stuff. Uh, and it's really absurd how big it is. Like it's, it's, it's mind blowing how large this hunk of plastic is. Um, and so, you know, these companies are working really hard to kind of reverse the damage that's been done by this floating plastic. And I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, on the, so we're, I have a, the, the link for, um, discussing this. Should I post it in the lounge floor? Yeah, definitely lounge floor. Lounge floors so, for the things that we've been discussing. So yeah, so it's there's a there's an article by Interesting Engineering that kind of goes over that and like how the system works. And I thought it was really cool, and that makes me happy because you know like it just felt like this was kind of just like out there, and everyone was just kind of like we just accepted it at some point. And like in the back of my mind, I just kind of knew it was always there. Whenever anybody brought it up, you know, I was always like, oh, that's right, we're we have yet to address this thing that's been there since I was a kid, you know. Um, yeah. Since I was I'm 34 years old now, it's you know it's been there since I was fucking 10. God, you know, I'm like, do you have 34? I know. I'm an old man. I'm an old man. So, um, but yeah, I think that's really great that that's going on, and I'm, I'm pumped that someday that shit will be out of the fucking ocean. I think shit will always be in the ocean as long as stuff lives in it. Uh, moving on. So, we were going to do a segment on uh, funny social media posts that we have seen. Uh, but uh, two of the three of us have fucking jobs. And, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I, 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 I have a job. I just happen to be so, my own boss. I'm so uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and roll into what we are hyped about, and then we can roll on into the outro so we can wrap this bad boy up. Um, so things that we're hyped about, I, uh, I guess I can go first. Uh, I am hyped about the resurgence of cyberpunk 2077, uh, <laughs> mostly because the anime edge runners with dope and they are now releasing a DLC that looks pretty fun. Uh, and cyberpunk is just my favorite genre, uh, especially of sci-fi. So, uh, that's what I'm pretty hyped about. Um, getting more stuff like that and CD project red kind of unfucking themselves. And I hope, uh, I hope it gets me more of the stuff that I enjoy. Uh, so if you haven't seen the anime, it's called edge runners, go check it out. Go, uh, cry along with me to the song. I want to stay at your house 
and uh, you know. Shameless plug for fun, Netflix. Yeah. Um, I didn't say what platform it's on, but yeah. Yeah, well, you told them to go watch it, and then you didn't tell them where to watch it. It's on fucking Netflix. All right. What, uh, what are you hyped about? Um, I'll just continue in the same vein. Um, I love story-based games. Uh, I'm a gamer, so that's what I enjoy. And uh, next month is the drop for... Um, god of war ragnarok and i think it will probably be one of the best games of the year uh the santa monica studio um has shown they take a lot of time and care in doing what they do and i'm very excited to see the product they're gonna put out so that's what i'm looking forward to um so yeah i'm pumped about that what about you snow bunny <laughs> I uh okay so I, I I mentioned it earlier but I'm really excited and also a little concerned about the same thing so it's a, it's a it's I'm a little I'm a little in the gray area here on this one but so Christian McCaffrey just got traded to the Niners and uh, I I like that but Christian McCaffrey just hurt a lot and we gave up our 2023 second round pick Mm-hmm. 2023 third round pick, 23 fourth round pick, and our 2024 fifth round pick. Right? Jeez. So, and if you I really big on that. <laughs> we also traded away our first round pick in 23 for Trey Lance, who, mm-hmm. you know, who arguably might be a bust. We don't know. Yeah. yeah, and he's only played fucking three games, right? So we have Trey Lance, who is on the bench for the, for the next year. And McCaffrey, who has been hurt the majority of his career, and we don't have any picks in next year. <laughs> so pretty it's much hard. the team that you build now is the you better hope is good for the next two or three because years. That's what the fuck you got, dude. <laughs> that's what the fuck we got. Yeah. I, I really I actually think so. This is my my take on it. We we saw what the Rams are doing for the last few years, and we're mm-hmm. like we're like not not in our fucking neck of the woods, buddy. Not here, pal. <laughs> you know? um, they got pissed when Jalen Ramsey, because Jalen Ramsey, you know, he played for what the Jaguars, right? And um, you know, he's one of the best cornerbacks in the league, and he went to uh, you know the Rams, right? And then of course um, they they were like, you know, that, that was a huge that was a huge difference for their defense because without Jalen Ramsey, they don't have any good coverage guys. Um, so I think the Niners were, are trying to emulate that at some level, but I don't know, man. Like it's the difference is that the guys they traded for. Um, I'm missing a few. I mean, if are, you, are, are healthy, so I'm a little worried. But I'm also hyped because Christian McCaffrey's the best running back in the league when he's healthy. I don't know about the best, but I could be biased. But the point is that if, oh. if Christian McCaffrey is Jonathan Taylor's been tearing it up this year. Okay, well, first of all. Yeah, I mean you're right. <laughs> it's been rough. It's been tough. He's like I fully in the fantasy. I've been I've been a Colts Draft. fan since since before Peyton Manning was a quarterback. So oh. that should tell you. All so you that's an Archie Manning. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh. Jim. Oh, Actually, Jim. Yes. Yeah. Man. Oh shit. He was. I miss Jim. I liked him as a coach. Honestly, I was. A, I was a big fan of Jim. Yeah. Yeah. He he made the. I think the prudent choice. <laughs> Went back to college football. He, that was not a choice, man. He got fired, man. 
good. Yeah, I don't know why, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I hopefully that Christian McCaffrey can perform for you guys and be worth trading away any opportunity you have of acquiring fresh talent. Okay, but let's just let's just imagine like the juicier side of this conversation. He gets uh-huh. hurt the first game. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he, and he's out. And Trey Lance on the bench, Christian McCaffrey on the bench, the Niners with no picks in 2023. Do you, I mean, I'm thinking Shanahan should start sweating a little bit. Like, oh, I might get fired. <laughs> like, you trade away <laughs> all of our capital, and they're not even playing, right? Like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, That's that, wild, man. I mean, like, what's even more upsetting is, like, if you guys don't follow Niner football, but, like, just to give you more insight, Javon Kinlaw um, was a first-round pick. You, oh, Will, this is important to you. The reason why we have Javon Kinlaw is because you got DeForest Buckner, right? We yeah, traded away right. DeForest Buckner for your first-round pick. We used that that pick to grab Javon Kinlaw. How did that work out? I mean, he's – so that's and so that's what – that's the problem is that we knew he had knee issues in college. Mm-hmm. And uh, we traded for a guy that we knew had known knee issues, and now he's he's missed almost all of his start games, period, because of his knee issues. He missed all of last year. He's been out again for the last two weeks. He's back on injured revert, reserve. Who's going to miss a minimum of six weeks, not longer? Um, right. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they if they cut him um, at the end of the year or at the beginning of next year because mm-hmm. he just he just can't stay healthy. So we did that once already with Javon Kinlaw, which was a terrible decision. And now we have Christian McCaffrey, who's been hurt half his career, and we traded away the farm, right? So, yeah, it's a little – so anyway, I'm super hyped for the healthy version of McCaffrey, but also, like, man, like the, the health issues are worrisome. But that's it. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hyped about and also, I guess, also a little, little concerned about. Um, so, yeah, I think, this, I think this is a good first, first episode. I really enjoyed it, guys. Thank you. Yeah, this was uh, yeah. long as fucking tits. Um, you know, also, we should probably start before 9 o'clock next time because yeah, I but, uh, am exhausted. Yeah, that, I think for our uh, our first episode, it went great. And uh, for all these listening, that was the Barely Coherent Podcast. And uh, we'll see you next time. Outro music. Later, guys.